Hey, I'm Andrea Ouellette, and this is Up Level with Andrea. I'm a manifestation coach, online marketing expert, and relentless Virgo here to help you step into your next level business. Over here, our core belief is that you can't grow your business without growing yourself. We combine deep personal and spiritual growth with practical manifestation and high-impact soul-aligned marketing, meaning we're able to attract clients, manifest money, live with clarity, and truly have an incredible impact. Think of this podcast as a fun way to build your confidence, take in powerful knowledge and good energy, and bring you even closer to your manifestations. Today, we might be talking about powerful mindset shifts, spiritual practices and growth, astrology, marketing, sales, we kind of do it all. Business and woo has always been an iconic combination, and I cannot wait to dive into this episode with you. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Up Level with Andrea podcast, and you know what? I'm kind of living for it today. I'm not going to lie to you, it is 19 degrees outside. I have never felt more alive in my entire life. If you guys are in the States, I, I wish I had the answer for you as to what 19 degrees Celsius is in Fahrenheit, but I do not have the answer. Maybe around 70... 70, 75 degrees, and I am honestly ready to lose it. Like, I'm so, so excited about this. It has been a long and frosty Canadian winter, and I cannot wait to get outside and go for my daily walk. I go, I look at the birds, I check out the dogs that are sitting on the lawn. It's very, very important to me. So I'm coming at you feeling absolutely incredible, but what I'm really, really, really excited about is our interview with Dora Vandekamp this week, or I guess, well, if I'm releasing, technically, yeah, I guess it would still be this week, but I'm doing two podcast episodes a week, mostly now, so maybe this week doesn't make sense, but today, we are listening to Dora, my sweet, sweet queen, like a literal angel. You need to all follow Dora on Instagram. And you all need to just behold the human, the angel human that is Dora. She's absolutely incredible. She came on the podcast to talk all about manifesting relationships and what does it look like to really be approaching your relationship with other people, your relationship with your partner, and your relationship with yourself from a place of really, really high self-worth. And... I don't know if you know this. One of the main reasons that I really love teaching people how to use manifestation for business is like pretty much 19 times out of 20, once you start manifesting in one area of your life, you know how to manifest in every area of your life. Like you're not reinventing the wheel. It's not different to manifest. And this is going to sound weird. Like different blocks will come up, but the process is still the same. Like you're not learning something new. It's the same process to manifest a car as it is to manifest a partner or to manifest a huge promotion at your work, right? It's about approaching that situation, that opportunity, and that possibility in your life with a sense of really, really high self-worth and a sense of, 
you know what? I deserve this. I deserve the relationship. I deserve the career. I deserve the business that I'm calling in. And I'm really, really excited to show up for it. My babes, I love this for you. This is going to be such a good, like, such a good message. Oh, where'd my words go? This is going to be such a good podcast episode for you, whether you're calling in a relationship or you're not, or you're in a partnership or you are not pursuing a relationship right now. Whatever that looks like for you, it's never wasted time learning how to bring your highest self-worth to an area of your life. So I'm living for it. I hope that you have an absolutely incredible rest of your day. And I love you and I'm obsessed with you. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, everybody. So we're here with Dora, my sweet queen, relationship manifestation expert. I'm super excited. Dora, I would love it if we could just kick this off because I know that I've already talked about you in the intro that I will record separately. So I would love it if instead of we just hear us just hearing me talk again, if we could hear you describe what you do in your own words. I would love that. I'm so excited to be here with you fellow queen. My name is Dora. I am an intuitive love coach and I help people empower themselves in their love lives. I help them design their dream lives. And I also offer channeled intuitive readings and um, I am all about the love. I love talking about love. I love talking about manifesting love. So I'm very excited. Oh my gosh. I love it. Dora has like the most beautiful flowers that I can see behind her on Zoom. And I'm like, this is perfect. This is everything I've ever wanted to view in my entire life. Dora, how did you know that really being a love coach was what was, what was next for you? It's amazing because I became a health coach in 2013. So I became a coach almost 10 years ago, which is amazing to think about. And I loved coaching. I think I've always been a coach. I think most of us have always been coaches all of our lives, you know, like fifth grade, we're coaching our friends, right? And I really enjoyed it. But it's interesting because I mastered health for myself, but I was constantly failing at relationships like over and over and over again. And I am a great person. I really figured I would find my soulmate and I just wasn't having luck. And so I went through a lot of lessons. I dated, uh, I had relationships that really taught me a lot. And at a point in my life, I thought, I need to really share what I've learned. I met my soulmate a few years ago, and it's the most amazingly rewarding, beautiful relationship I've ever been in. I never dreamed I would find somebody this amazing, this compatible with me. The people that I dated before him, they just uh, were very different, and they weren't really uh, for me. And so I had to really figure out like, what do I want to do? I'm, I'm so passionate about helping others find love. And so this is kind of how everything came into fruition. I think we experience things in our lives. I think we're given these lessons because we're meant to 
share the lessons with others. And for me, this is what I'm an expert at. <laughs> I am an expert at helping people find love. And I've helped many of my clients find their soulmates, find their dream relationships and deepen them and cultivate them. And it's just the most beautiful experience because I'm helping to guide people into conscious relationships. But also we know that a conscious relationship that creates conscious children, conscious families, and it really radiates out into the world. So it's been an amazing experience. It's been a tough experience to get to this place in my life, but I'm so grateful. And the person that I, I'm sharing my life with now is worth it, totally worth it. So, Oh my gosh, I love that so much. I feel like it's, it's such an intense thing to undergo, I think, to really look at your life and be like, I'm ready for my person. I'm ready to let go of the habits and of the patterns that really made me feel both secure in my previous patterns, but also obviously they were not serving me, right? Like you don't have, you don't have 15 different experiences of experiencing the same pattern in different relationships because that pattern is working for you on finding the one relationship that you're meant to carry with you, right? But then to walk away from how you perceive love to go to try this entirely new thing and to have faith that it will bring you the person that you're meant to have is a very scary experience. That's, um, that's definitely a lot to, a lot to take on. So I'm just so, so interested in the fact that you are, I'm so interested in the fact that you are so just like, there's a real openness about you and about it's it's hard for me to put my finger on and it's we've been talking for a few weeks now we've known each other we met each other on clubhouse and there's really just like this warmth that you bring to the conversation around calling in love and around calling in relationships especially because it can be a topic that's so easy to become cynical about mm, and it seems like you're you've really got a, a real purpose and like a real, a real sense of rootedness and calling this in. And I just would love to know when, when you meet somebody for the first time, like a potential client, someone who's really looking for that type of support from you, what do you tend to identify as one of the first action steps or one of the first shifts maybe that someone needs to make as they call in their partner and as they become an energetic match for that? I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, first of all, for that beautiful uh, intro and affirmation. That means a lot to me. And I really believe that the first step is exactly what you mentioned, right? There's so much cynicism around relationships and there's so much baggage. We all have so much baggage when it comes to relationships. And that starts with what we see with our parents, right? How do our parents interact? And you know, we, we are taught so many things about love, especially with the movies we see. And so my first step is really to get my client out of a place of hopelessness because for so many of them, they're at the place where they're like, I am so done. I'm so done with this, this dating guys that ghost me or dating people that aren't for me, spending this energy in the beginning liking someone and then getting, um, you know, to a place where I'm like, do I have to start all over again? It's, it can be really frustrating. And yeah. so I think the first step is really just talking about 
getting out of that place and, and moving out of that place energetically, because we all know that when it comes to manifesting, right, our energy is big. It's everything. It means it, it, it's, it's what matches us to what we're receiving. And so if we are constantly talking about how there's no good guys out there, how relationships suck, how I'm never going to find that person, how I'm getting old. I have a lot of clients uh, who are in their late twenties and their thirties. And they're like, when is it going to happen? I want to meet my person. I want to have a family. I want to get married. And so really getting out of the mindset because the, the mind is this it's where the comfort zone lies, right? Our mind is what tells us what's comfortable, what's, what's the protective uh, narrative that we've created around ourselves, right? So, so many of us are looking outward. We're looking outside of us, right? What's wrong with the guys? What's wrong with the online dating? What's wrong with the world today? What's wrong with the culture, right? Like all of these things. And while we could say that there is many things that could change, that could be more positive, that could be more loving, right? In a, in a sense of um, what's equal and, and what's right. It really still goes back to us being, being, being the person that can create and attract that relationship. We have to go within. So that's the first step is going within, getting honest, and really just coming away from any place of hopelessness because when we are hopeless we receive more reasons more evidence right to affirm that same energy and and that's not what we want we want to move out of that yeah for sure and something that you said a little while ago that really jumped out at me is i find that a lot of people um as they as they start like implementing manifestation in you can use it in whatever area of your life that you want. I use it in every area of my life, right? Like I, I manifest great experiences when I go home to visit my family. I manifest, I've manifested like partners and relationships. And I also manifest like clients and success in my business, right? Like it's all really the same energetically. And I noticed that a lot of people, especially say you're manifesting your very first $10,000 month, which is a really, really beautiful milestone to hit in your business. There's so much, so much incredible possibility that comes from bringing that type of abundance into your business. And you're like, April's going to be my 10K month. That's, this is going to be it, right? And we get really that, that graspiness. We get that like graspiness and that like, oh, this is how I'm going to manifest this thing. This is going to be the way that this thing comes into my life. And it's so interesting to me because when we frame our, when we frame our manifestations in that way, what we end up doing is we end up getting to like April 28th and we're like, I guess this wasn't it. And I guess I have to start over next month. And I see that similarity with so many of my friends who are like, I'm manifesting my husband. I'm doing this. And I think, and I'm someone who really effortlessly attracts relationships. I'm not as magnetic in every area of my life, but it was really like, I've got a Jupiter and Libra in my fifth house. Like, it's just like, I can get a date. It's fine. It's a, it's a, it's it. fine. Um, but I don't have that level of magnetism in every single area of my life. We all have areas of our lives that we generally have just the strength in our magnetism. Right. And 
I think that the way that I approach and I just thought about it that I've always thought about it is like I'm manifesting a real an amazing like a long-term partner. I hope this is the guy, but I know that this is, this is coming for me no matter what this destination that I want is coming for me with me, no matter what, I hope this is the person that brings me that. Right. And so I think that I see a lot of, I see a lot of my friends when their relationships and they're like, I've got to start all over with someone else. And it's like, Oh no, this entire time has been bringing you closer to this point. Like, does meeting the love of your life not count if you're 35? Like, does it, does, does that $10,000 month that you wanted this month not count if it comes six months from now? Right. And I really, when, whenever people say like, Oh, it feels like I have to start over. It's, it's a real pattern that I like a thought pattern that I'm seeing in so many different areas of wherever anybody wants to experience growth, anyone wants to experience up-leveling, the moment you perceive a failure, your brain immediately says, all of that was for nothing and we're now starting from scratch. But there's a lot you learn from a relationship not working. And that doesn't mean you're further from, from your partner or that you even did anything wrong. Like, It's so true. It's so true. And the thing that's hard too is that we get really fixated on specific check boxes like that we have to check off on the list. So, right, you were mentioning the, uh, you know, the relationship and, and finding my, my husband or finding my, my soulmate. And I think we have this very narrow vision of how and what. And so then the universe can't really go outside of that because we have this very particular way of, of wanting it to be. And so we're constantly sending these signals and really the signals are saying, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't mm -hmm. want that. So the constant signal is rejecting basically what the universe is offering, right? Because we only want it this way. And this happens a lot with, with uh, clients who don't want to do online dating, right? So one thing, you know, I have, I have nothing to say like against online dating. I have nothing to say in terms of you should online date, but I think that it does open up more possibilities. But if you're telling the universe, well, I'm going to do everything, but I'm not going to do that. Right. It's already this, how we have this story around the, how I want to meet my person in person. So then we block any possibilities of our soulmate coming to us online right yeah. the energy is is what matters but if we're telling the universe no i only want it this way i want it served this way then we tend to really send out this signal that means basically we're not really ready to open ourselves up to yeah. that bigger offering that the universe has to offer something that i see because i have friends who are like they're like i would do anything to meet my person and I'm like, well, it's a panoramic. Um, you can't meet them at the gym. You can't meet them at, at a restaurant. You're not going to meet them at work. Uh, do you want to, do you want an online date? Like if you're sure now is the time, this is a, this would be a game changer strategy to implement. And they're like, no, I don't want to meet my partner online. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fair. Like that, then that's, that's fair. Just know that you're really cutting yourself off at the legs. And then I ask them a little bit why, like a little bit deeper. Cause like I'm close friends with them. Mm -hmm. And the reason ends up coming down to things like, well, I don't want to tell people that we met online. And it's like, is, is that really the reason? Is that, is that really a thing 
if you feel in your heart that your partner is ready for you and that you could meet them this way and you're not doing it because you're worried about what people will think about meeting online and like I get it okay I met my um I met my last relationship on tinder and we told my grandparents that it was a blind date because we don't want to have a conversation about what Tinder is, you know, so I understand. But at the same time, it's like, well, my, my babe, you're going to have to make a choice here. You're really going to have to either choose to do, you're not going to manifest the relationship you've never manifested before by not doing anything you've never done before. By doing all the same things, it's probably not going to happen. Yes. And I love that you brought that up too, because there is something deeper there, right? There is this thing about, I don't want to tell anybody that we met online, but what's the underlying thing, right? It's really this, there's something about being completely honest or authentic and really thinking about what other people are going to think. This, this really strong uh, connection to wanting people to think of you as a couple and you individually a certain way. And so you're holding on to a story that might not be serving you. I met my soulmate online and I will tell you, I refused to do online dating for years and years and years. I knew, I knew I was going to meet my man you know, we were going to bump into each other in a like cute little coffee shop when it was snowing outside, or uh, perhaps we would meet at a concert, right? Like I had all these elaborate stories about how I would meet my soulmate. I'm very much, I love visualization. I love, you know, fantasizing about that stuff. And I was like, you know, our story is going to be so great. I also watch a lot of Korean drama. So I got a lot of ideas from there. Finally, I went to, it was like kind of my last hurrah. And I told my best friend, okay, fine. If we go on this girl's trip and I don't meet anyone, I will sign up for a month to, to do online dating. That's it. Just one month. So we went on this trip. It was really fun, but nothing couldn't, you know, I didn't meet any, any guy I would be interested in. So I signed up for online dating. And the very first week I signed up, I met my soulmate. That's I amazing. To, I just had to, because I think it was this, it was a big ego thing too. And it was, there's a lot of stories around why we won't online date. I think one of them is like, well, I don't want anyone to think I'm desperate. I don't mm -hmm. want the, the guys on there to think that I have to online date, that I can't find a man. Right. So mm -hmm. there's all these stories, but really it's just our mind telling us a story. It's not real. Yeah. We're choosing that story. So I'm really glad I went online and I did my online dating thing because the man that I met on there is the most perfect match for me. And who's to say, you know, maybe we would have met in this lifetime, maybe not, but I'm glad I didn't wait any longer, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's so special. That's so special. I think that the, um, and the conversation around soulmates for me is always so interesting because like, I, I don't think soulmates come only in like romantic relationships. I'm pretty sure like my soulmate is my sister. I'm like, we've just, I'm like, it's, it's just been like a constant thing, like constantly. Um, every time I like anyone reads our like astrology charts together, they're like, oh yeah, no, like you you guys have been like besties for a long time and it's always just really really cool so i think that 
when we bring the soulmate part of the conversation into it, it always becomes so interesting to me because it's like, how are you? I'm, I'm lucky. Like my, I, I was four years old and my soulmate just like showed up. She was three weeks early, uh, but she showed up. Uh, she crashed my birthday party, but she showed up. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's always so interesting to me. Not, not everyone just is four and your soul in your soulmate shows up in your family, you know? So it's so interesting to me when people are like, I'm calling in my soulmate and it's like, okay, well, what, what stories are you telling that you're actually blocking like your, your soul's pair from finding you? Like that's such a powerful connection for it to not be happening. And on the one hand, it's like, great. Well, like, you, you and this soulmate have like such a strong bond, even before you meet each other, the chances of you coming together are very, very high. And it's really, really special. And whether it's in a friendship or in a romantic relationship or what, or like in a family dynamic, it's just beautiful every single way. But then you hear people of like, I've been manifesting my soulmate and I like, I know that my soulmate's going to be my partner and it's happening for, and it's been such a long time. And it's just not happening. And that's always such an interesting, such an interesting thing that I witness, and it must be, it must feel impossible to surrender to that, to know that that's out there, and you don't have control over the timing. I wonder what you tell your clients when they're really struggling to surrender, in terms of like, we're doing everything right, but we still don't know exactly when it's going to happen. Yeah, and I think there is this tendency to really be hyper-focused on it. And I think that that's one of the things, you know, I work on this with my clients as well, is really being as multifaceted as we are. So there is this tendency when we are manifesting something, when we really want something, right? We focus on it a lot. But when we do that, we notice that it's not there. Right. Yeah. So we're coming from this place of, I want it, but I don't have it. I want it, but I don't have it. I want it, but I don't have it. And so the universe is hearing, I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. And the universe doesn't hear no, right? It only hears what you are uh, vibrating. So if you're saying, I want a soulmate, but I don't have it, have them, then the universe is hearing, I don't have a soulmate. And that's what the universe is responding to, right? So I mean, it, it sounds a little simplified, but yeah. basically the frequency that you're emitting, you're going to receive more evidence of that, right? And so the, the biggest key is really cultivating other aspects of your life that bring you a sense of having that energy in your life already, right? So if you're trying to attract a soulmate and that person isn't there yet, stop being hyper-focused about it all the time. Stop seeing that person not being there and really start cultivating a sense of them being there. So there are some things that you can do, but you have to be really conscious of whether that's coming from a place of lack or a place of abundance. So yeah. it would be something like, and I think you probably work with your clients in this way in some ways too, is if you're, your client is wanting to manifest a 10, 10K month, right? you're not going to tell them to uh, feel that they don't have that already, right? Like, yeah. like you want them to already feel that, that abundance. So how can they feel that abundant? Well, they can go shopping online. Maybe they don't check out, but they're shopping online, right? Maybe they're scripting and they're 
visualizing about the experience. Maybe they're getting really sensual about it, the touch, the taste, the smell, the sound. What does it look like, right? So these are all, they're kind of those tools that they seem really basic, but they're really, they're, they're foundational for a reason when it comes to manifesting. And the reason we, we want to really Im- incorporate those tools is because they really allow us to not come from a place of lack and practice using the tools we have, which is our imagination. So if somebody is constantly focusing on the fact that I'm waiting, I'm waiting, where is this person? Tuning into trust, knowing that they're going to show up, having the faith, even though the evidence of it isn't there, and really starting to focus on other aspects of your life, right? Because once that person comes in, you can't be hyper-focused on them either. You get to enjoy, enjoy that they're there. But if once they're here, you start clinging on to them, like, don't ever leave me, right? This is the only good thing in my life. Exactly. That's not the energy you want to have. And that's a lot of us, especially if you've been waiting a really long time, we've put our soulmate kind of up on a pedestal, right? Or our person up on a pedestal where we're like, we're here and they're up there. That's not going to bring you um, a balanced relationship either. So some, some things to think about, really. Yeah, that really reminds me of something that I always tell my clients who feel really stuck around money. And they're like, and it's just like, it's not happening. The needle's not moving. What's happening here? What's happening here? And speaking to giving them the feeling of having this part of their life going well, I always tell them like, it brings up a lot of ego. There's never been someone I've told this to who has wanted to hear it. There's also never been someone I've told this to that this hasn't worked on. Like, and, and like, it's, it's never not worked. I always am like, get a part-time job. This job, the job always is gone by the time you're done with it. So either your contract will come up. Um, like I had one person get a job and was just randomly let go two weeks after. And then three days later, she went to start a 12 day period where she made like $5,000, which was huge for her. You know what I mean? And it's totally. And it's that feeling of knowing that this, no, it's, it's that feeling of making money in a new and exciting way. Right. And that's that it, 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 whatever hole it is that you're identifying that needs to be filled, like do, do that, do that work, bring in that energy, bring in that excitement. If you're waiting for your partner to go for, go for walks on Sunday morning with your dog, like that's something that you can do and fully enjoy on your own. That's something that you can bring them into in your life. Right. And yes. it's so interesting the way, the way that my favorite thing about talking about manifestation is that manifesting everything is the same. People are like, no, oh, well, like, how do I manifest a partner? How do like, how do I manifest money? Like I know how to manifest this, but how do I manifest this? And there's always like a little bit of nuance, like, you'll change the language around certain things. Like some people might have a block in one area and not in another. So that could really be something that holds them up quite a bit. Right. And all of that is very, very real. But I love hearing you talk about manifesting partnerships because it, it sounds a lot like the energetics of manifesting clients and manifesting any other really good thing in your life. Not like to normalize having that experience, to not be putting your soulmate on a pedestal, to not be putting that 10K month on a pedestal 
it's great to be excited, but do we want to elevate them so high that they don't feel reachable? You know, mm-hmm. like totally. No, it's yeah. so true. And it's interesting because, you know, I think there are two things. One thing, you know, you mentioned too is, is what are the other aspects in your life that are, that are important. And I think like a lot of my clients, and you may have this too, where we have very driven individuals who are really, really passionate about their career, but that ends up being their, their life. That's what they do. That's what they focus all their energy on. And perhaps even in uh, some ways that's good. Like that really fills their cup in in a way, right. That brings them joy, but there are so many other aspects of their life that they can find different like different ways of being joyful and finding, I think there's like pleasure and joy and really cultivating those things in your life as well. Because I think sometimes we get really hyper-focused on our careers and I think that can be really great, but I think it's also really important to find pockets of uh, energy that can bring you other types of joy and pleasure and fulfillment as well. I think that that's really powerful for, for manifesting anything, right? It's that it allows you to, to diffuse that intense focus on that one particular thing, because often that focus then gets transferred onto the new relationship, which can be a lot of pressure for that person and for you. (laughs) Like, yeah, that, that feeling of pressure is so much, right. And that's been a question that I've, for almost all of my clients this week, that question's come up. It's like, where are you experiencing pressure and where, where does that pressure need to be released? Where are you experiencing pressure? Where are you putting on expectations, right? Cause manifesting your soulmate and saying my soulmate has to be here by this wedding in June because I cannot <laughs> go to another wedding single. That's not a fun experience. Walking no. through life, being committed to living the absolute best life that you possibly can and being like, one of these days I'm just going to meet my soulmate and it's just going to be the cherry on top. That's a way funner experience. It's a way funner experience. And it's also a way more fulfilling experience because if you are still doing that work around really needing a partner, right? There's a difference in being with somebody. And of course, like my soulmate, my person, like I want him to be around forever. Don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong. Right. If he somehow, if something happened to him, if he left, I would be really heartbroken. It would be hard, but I also recognize that he is complementary to my life. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't complete me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's really powerful to have that belief, right. It's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to say, this person completes me. I need them. There is a whole different energy around a relationship like that. And that can really create, I mean, it's one, per, one thing to call someone in, right? But then once they're here, then what, right? Creating that relationship that's really empowering both of you and, and deepening together. And you want to have pleasure. You want to have intimacy. You want to have fun. You want to have communication, right? You want to create all of these amazing things that you can build on. And then if you choose to create a family, that's amazing too. But you know, it has to be two people who are really able to hold themselves up and then really hold, like support each other and be present for each other. But I think there's something really powerful about 
knowing that you are calling in someone to enrich your life, but not to make your life, right? Yeah. I think that this is so interesting. How does what you teach around, um, obviously this is a very big topic that we will not be able to cover, in the next <laughs> yeah. thing, but how does um, manifesting new love really, um, it really translate into maintaining a love that's already, because I know it's not just about manifesting the soulmate. You're not like, he's here, yeah. that's it, or she's here, or they're here, you know, like yeah. there's a very big part of it. And that's the stage I'm in. I'm with someone who's absolutely great. And now it's like, okay, how do we build this into everything that it can be? And the thing that I'm really great at is I'm not very patient. I'm like, when is this going to happen? When are we going to move it? We all know this about me. We all know this about me. I'm not even outing myself here. Like this is something <laughs> that deep down we all already knew about me. I'm like, when is this going to happen? When are, when are we going to be official? When are we going to move in together? Like that. And it's like that, that Virgo, Virgo that, vibe, that Virgo energy. It's like, yeah. when is this going to, when's yeah. this going to be checked off the box? And my poor Sagittarius I have a Sagittarius moon, but he's also got a Sagittarius moon. And he's just like, what's happening here? What is happening here? So I always wonder, like, what do you, what do you teach when things like that come up? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like when, when you've manifested a relationship, it's going great. But now something's coming up. Now something's coming up that introduces friction into the relationship. What's Mm -hmm. the discovery process around that? I love that question. You know, our partners are always our spiritual teachers. So even those who we wouldn't necessarily say are our soulmates, right? They're always pushing us to expand. That's why we have relationships really. It's so that we can go deeper into our truth and our, our purpose and dive deeper into who we are. And so most of the time, when there is friction or when there is conflict, it's really not about the other person, right? It's really about ourselves. Honestly, how dare you, Dora? You come <laughs> on to my podcast and just roast <laughs> me to, okay, continue. But now I feel attacked. I love it so much. I love it so much. I, and it's funny too, because, you know, it really has so much to do with this commitment to our own stories and we also tend to get really caught up in this normal feeling of okay now we're in a relationship now I expect this of you and you know you expect this of me but I expect this of you and so we tend to see people in our lives who are new or people outside of kind of our little mini circle in our relationships as people that we show uh, more compassion to. But we don't often and always have that consistent level of compassion for our partners because we're so used to having them in our energy field, right? They're just there all the time. And so we get really used to each other. We kind of get used to how the other person does things. And so those little expectations start to build. And so the first thing that we really work on is communicating from a place of, 
positive uh, and playful intention. And so this is something that happens a lot with couples is there tends to be this feeling of, um, you know, everything tends to get really serious. <laughs> we don't get, we don't stay very playful as we build that relationship. It tends to kind of get, um, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on both of us from outside sources, right? And so it's sometimes hard to be playful with each other because we're just like tired or we're stressed, right? Or we're being triggered in other ways, not only by our partner. And then we come together and we're like, hey, this is all your fault. You know, I'm still waiting or the dishes haven't been done or whatever it is, right? It can be something big or something small. So something to really cultivate is like really radically honest communication, but not from a place of, of needing that person to do something because the energy behind everything, right? It's always transferred. So if we are needing, let's say we, we, you know, there's a lot of people who are in a relationship and they want to get married and they're like, when am I getting my ring? <laughs> are you proposing to me? What is happening? Right? So there could be passive aggressive communication, right? Like kind of like, well, you know, you're hanging out with your friends and like, well, you know, Susie's got a ring. Where's my ring? Right? Like things like that. Or there could be kind of the serious talk. Like, you know, if, if this, if you don't want to be with me anymore, just let me know. Right. So these are all things that we could potentially bring up. And this happens a lot, right? It may sound like from the outside, it may sound like, Oh, I don't know. But when we get triggered, when we get really emotional, those things come out in ways that we wish didn't come out like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so the thing that I, we really talk a lot about is how can we bring more playfulness into the relationship without creating this, this big, big, like expectation on the other person, it's still important to know where that other person stands, right? So allowing communication to be something normal between the two of you. If you need something, if you're wondering something, if you want to know where your you know person has been for the last three hours if you want to to me i think even going through each other's phones like your phone that is a lot there's a lot in there that is part that is very very um it has an effect on your relationship so to me it's even okay for you guys to have transparency with each other's phones i think that that's not too much to ask now that's a conversation you have to have individually right like that's something that you can talk about but you know there is something really powerful about knowing that your person is not hiding things from you in a sense that they can be openly communicative with you and so bringing a sense of playfulness into that and not saying like here are my rules a b c and d right <laughs> instead being like you know there's something I've been thinking about, babe, maybe we can talk about it later, you know, and, and really have bringing this kind of like sense of like, whatever happens, I just want to bring it to the table. I'm not gonna, you know, reprimand you. I'm not your mom, right? So I'm not going to put you out in a timeout, right? Like, I'm not going to withhold, um, you know, sex from you. This is another thing that comes up a lot is it becomes a bargaining tool, right? Like intimacy becomes a bargaining tool, but really just allowing there to be a level of communication that is not 
Like we only talk about serious things when serious things come up. You can yeah. bring playfulness and constant communication and constant transparency to the table. Then that conversation about when is it going to happen? It doesn't really even come up because it's a constant mutual understanding that at some point it's going to happen and it's going to happen at a time that's right for both of you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that that, that playfulness aspect is definitely something that I get to go ahead and implement right away, which is really exciting. And I think it's very easy. Life feels so serious. And a big part about being in a relationship with somebody is that feeling of you have a partner that you're doing life with. You're doing this very serious thing with this person that you like a lot. Um, but like, I don't like feeling serious all the time. Like, so why? And it's something that it feels like it's the responsible thing. It feels like you're being responsible, you know, mm -hmm. like it feels like you're making sure everything gets done mm -hmm. or you're, you're making sure that the, that the recycling gets taken out or whatever. Right. And it's totally. so interesting to hear that that's actually not like the most useful thing. Mm -hmm. It is. And I think that part of it that, you know, women, at least we tend to mother our partners and that it kills intimacy <laughs> for, first of all, it's not very good for the sex for the bedroom. Um, you know, and I think that there's also that aspect of really allowing there to be a constant like line of communication about it. That doesn't feel like you're being the, uh, you're scolding someone, right? Because we, we tend to we tend to care so much about our partner that we often take on the role of doing the responsible thing, right? Yeah. You're not responsible, but I'm the responsible one in the family. I guess I'll do the dishes. I guess I'll take out the trash, right? I guess I'll pay the bills, whatever it is, right? So really allowing that to be something to be honest about with your partner. And also I think it's important to be honest because I think sometimes we become really passive aggressive about it and we just, bang, 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 while we're doing the dishes, right? We're like, oh, fine. And you just do it quietly. And that's really just a, a trigger, but it's also something that eh, there's something underneath it, right? It yeah. can be something you just <clears throat> allow yourself to ask your partner, hey, can you do the, do the dishes today? I would love yeah. it if you did the dishes today. It would mean so much to me. Yeah. And I think that, I think that really coming to your relationship from that grounded place and really using the tools to prevent like, um, like unnecessary, like really high activations, right? Obviously we're there, there's a point there, like it's true to a point that you can't control how you feel at every single minute. Right. But like, we, we know that there's things that we do that helps us, that leans us in one direction or another. And a lot of the times a lot of the times we just won't do it. Like we won't meditate because we don't have a full 15 minutes and it would have to be a 10 minute meditation. And we give ourselves lots of different reasons. And it just ultimately, it's just ultimately not super helpful at the end of the day. <laughs> and I think a lot about how you handle relationships are like, I know my relationship does way better when I'm meditating consistently and I'm not as activated all the time. Right. Like, and that's, that's something that's really, really major and really, really important to keep in mind. Um, I've absolutely loved this conversation. I want to make sure that I respect your time. Dora, can you tell everybody where they can hang out with you and learn from you and work with you and all of that amazing stuff? Yes, 
Oh my gosh, I love this too. I, I feel like we could talk a long time about this amazing topic. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at Dora Vandekamp. And you can find me on YouTube as well. I have a YouTube channel, Dora Van Camp. I'm on Clubhouse. If you're on Clubhouse, that's where Andrea and I met at Dora Van Camp. And then I have an amazing group coaching program that I am launching on April 12th on the new moon, which is amazing. It's all about mastering your intuition in relationships. So please check that out. You can find details on Instagram as well. This is so exciting. Dora, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited about getting this episode all out, all ready to go. Everyone, you've got to hang out with Dora. She's like, just every single time I've interacted with Dora, I've been like, oh, this is an angel on earth. Okay, cool. Like this is, this is a fun experience for me. And I hope that you have an absolutely amazing rest of your day, my babe. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. My babes, that was my interview with Jora Vandekamp, the living legend, the intuitive love queen. I loved this conversation. I'm not calling in a partner at this point in my life, um, but even I think I'm going to put in the episode show notes that whether or not your relation, you're manifesting love or a relationship, this is a must listen episode because what Dora really teaches on in this episode isn't necessarily about manifesting love. It's really about manifesting anything and learning to rewrite stories that we've written to our, that we've written and created for ourselves that are keeping us stuck, that are keeping us with that same type of partner, that are keeping us with that same type of income, that are keeping us with the same type of opportunities instead of really asking, okay, does this narrative, does this perceived reality have room for even a 5% improvement, right? Like that, when we start asking ourselves, is there room for even a 5% improvement here? That's when possibilities open up. Like I remember when I was back recovering from my brain surgery, I just had to close my old business. I was like, okay, so I'm, there's pretty much a 100% chance that I will never have money again and that I will always struggle and that I will never be able to live. And there was no end in sight for my recovery. And it was just terrible. It was honestly, it was so bad. I spent literally an entire year being exhausted and stressed and like crying all the time. And it was terrible because my body just needed that experience to be able to heal. And... What I asked myself during that time, this was one of the first times I'd asked myself that question, what would it look like for my life to be like 5% better than this? And I couldn't change the fact that I had to work my job, which was exhausting me and burning me out. Literally, I was working one three-hour lunch shift a week. Like, that's how, that's how just overrun I was after the year that I had had. Um, and... That's how intense my recovery was, right? So I couldn't, but I couldn't quit that job because it was literally the only money that I had, which sucked. Um, I didn't have an idea for a business yet. I didn't, I didn't really have a lot of clarity on what to do. 
I just knew that, well, maybe if I just started being a little bit nicer to myself and working on myself, I would have the tools to improve my life from there. And that's what I did. And that's how I started my like personal development journey. And that turned into this amazing business and my spiritual journey and all of that really, really amazing stuff. So I want to tell you, and I want to be really, really real with you, a 5% improvement on your current situation can change a lot, can really, really change a lot. And I think the Doris episode really laid out how real it is that we're in control of the stories that we tell ourselves about who we can date, about the relationships that are available to us, about all of that stuff. And that's really what I hope you took from Dora's interview. So my babes, go follow Dora. If you want to check out, if you're new and you want to check me out on Instagram, I'm at uplevel with Andrea. If you type uplevel with Andrea pretty much anywhere, including in your little website bar soon, because my website's going live, and that's exciting. Um, but if you type that pretty much anywhere, my goal is that I'm everywhere as uplevel with Andrea. And I'm kind of obsessed with that. That is iconic. And I'm obsessed with it. So I would absolutely love it. If you want to hang out with me, if you want to go deeper with me, you can follow me at Uplevel with Andrea on Instagram. You can follow Dora on Instagram. Everyone's links are going to be in the show notes. But before I go, I want to let you know about the Step Into Your Next Level Challenge. So this is a free challenge that I'm hosting. And we're literally going to work together over the course of five days. Okay, we're all going to work together in a group. We're going to we're gonna really be involved in each other's process. We're going to be getting together every morning for daily EFT to really set the intention of raising our vibration and feeling our best. Like, this is going to be a really special group. And it's a group manifestation and up-leveling experience. And I really, really want to give that to you guys. That's something that I'm really, really excited about because regardless of what your next level looks like, it is available to you. So if your next level looks like quitting your nine to five so that you can like be a coach or be a creative or do whatever full time and work for yourself, if your idea of your next up level is hiring your next team member so that you can have some more free time, what does your next up level look like? And my babe, we are going to call it in together. It is going to be so good. It is going to be iconic. I love it. I'm obsessed with you. I'm going to let you go. If you love this episode, I would, it would mean the world to me if you left your life, if you left an honest review and if you subscribed, it really does so much. This podcast is truly my love letter to you guys. It's my Gemini rising, having a will to live. Okay. That's what this podcast is. It is everything my Gemini Rising and Leo Mercury has ever needed, and it they feel very, very seen by this podcast. And if you would like to make them even happier and have them feel even more fulfilled, we just over here at Up Level with Andrea, we love connecting with as many like earballs as possible. That's what we love to do. That's the vibe that we're going for. So my babe, I love you so much. You're so nice. I hope that you have a really amazing rest of your day and I will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.